Welcome to the Gonzier Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Gonzier. Today, I'm sharing the story of Hannah Raycraft. Hannah graduated with an exercise science degree, but went a very different direction after graduating. I'm stoked to share how her business, Sparrow Foods, was founded. Introducing Hannah. So how did you end up in Michigan after uh, growing up in Wisconsin? Yeah, so I... Um was a Hope College student, so that's what brought me over to Michigan. I came in 2012, and then I graduated in 2016. And when you came to Hope, did was entrepreneurship, was that on your mind at all, or how no, did you discover no, that? It wasn't until my senior year when I wasn't really sure what I wanted to pursue post-college, um, and I had some extra credit, extra room for different types of classes in my um, final two semesters. So I randomly took an entrepreneurship class and that was really just because I'd heard it was a good class. I'd taken a few leadership classes with the professor before um, and it only met once a week. It was like a night evening class. So I was like, oh, that'll be a easy, fun way to get four credits done with. And then that's what kind of got me into entrepreneurship and brought me to where I am today. Yeah. And did you, in that class, did you have to build a business? Like that, was that the end product? Yeah, they, we were split up into groups like of two or three in the class of like 15 or 20 or however many of us there were, maybe less than 20. I don't remember. But um, yeah, we had to come up with a business idea and they started that by asking us what's a problem that you have and how can you solve it so all of the businesses were revolving around like key issues or problems in our pain points in our lives and how could we create something profitable to help that solution or be that solution so and what was the pain point that you explored yeah, so we actually started off a little bit different, but then a few weeks in, we weren't like loving our idea. I don't even remember what our original idea was. Um, uh, and I had kind of thought in the back of my head, I wanted to do something with the Tiger Knot after the class, but then I was like, this is silly. I should just do it in the class because we don't like the idea. Anyways, I'll learn more if I'm actually working towards something that we can all get behind. Um, so to explain what the tiger nut is, it's a small root vegetable that I had discovered a year and a half prior when I was in Germany visiting my dad's family. Um, it's like I said, it's not actually a nut. It's a vegetable. So it's kind of tastes like an almond and it acts like an almond where you can like grind it up into a flour you can eat it on its own um it's a little bit sweeter than an almond kind of naturally sweet a little bit nutty in flavor and there's a lot you can do with the flour so i had discovered it in germany and brought some of the tiger nut porridge made out of the tiger nut flour back to my family and of the four kids and to my two parents all but my me and my mom are allergic to nuts so it's like oh this is really cool because it's something that my whole family can eat uh, we can enjoy it together and it's just unique like I had never heard of it and I've always been into healthy food and you know just like curious about like different types of new foods and like eating foods that are good for you so I brought this home and then 
once we ran out of the porridge, we couldn't find more anywhere else. So that was something that I'd always thought of, like, how do I get more tiger nut porridge? What is like, just kind of wanted to do more research on the tiger nut, but didn't have a ton of time. And then in that class, Nick kept saying like, what's a, something that you want to solve? And I was like, well, I mean, I kind of want to solve this tiger nut issue. And I think it's a great product. And my family thought it tasted good. So like, I bet we could create a product line around that because there weren't, there were hardly any in the U.S. at that time. So yeah, that's kind of how we pivoted and um, went from there. And then after the class was over, then did you kind of realize you, there was a market for it and you might uh, yeah, be able so to start a business? Because it was my senior year, my two partners that were like in the class with me, they were like freshmen and sophomores or something. So like I wanted to keep working on it. So we just signed a little thing saying like they had no future rights or ownership to the business. Um, and I got, Hope had an entrepreneurship program that operated in the summer um, and they offered like a payment sort of scholarship thing for people accepted into the program. So I was part of that and getting that extra little money to work on my project is what motivated me and fueled me to keep going with it post-graduation instead of like pursuing a normal nine to five job. And was that a tough decision to make because did you feel like, was there any like outside pressure saying, Hey, you should just get a normal job. And yeah, not my parents were very supportive. Like, and I had a part-time job um, to help pay the bills, but no, my, my family's was really supportive. Um, my boyfriend and then fiance and now husband at the, um, what is and was really supportive. So it, yeah, everything was just like, I had a cheap place to live and, like, I was just like, yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do otherwise. Like, there weren't any obvious jobs or, like, career paths other than grad school. And I just wasn't really interested in – I studied exercise science. And mm -hmm. while I loved it, it wasn't – if you want to get, like, a job super obvious in that career path, often you have to do some sort of extra trainings or um, go to grad school. And I just didn't want to at that time. And I still don't want to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's, that's great. It sounds like, yeah. Um, yeah, it really started to take off. And how did you come up with the name for it? Where, like, where did that come from? Yeah, it was brainstorming names. And um, it was one of my friends who actually, we were sitting in my backyard and I was like, Abby, help me come up with the name. And uh, Hope's kind of tagline is Spera in Deo, which means hope in God. And she's like, well, what if you just use Sparrow, which means hope, which at the time I was like, well, that's kind of cheesy because like I went to hope and now I'm using that. But I was like, oh, whatever. I like that hope is like, then my tagline became hope for better health. So like, yes, I went to hope and it's like maybe a little cheesy, but it's also like, you know, it's clever and it's cute and the name sounds, it's like interesting and new and it looks attractive on the packaging. So Sparrow Foods became the name, which stands for Hope for Better Health.
if I remember correctly, did you start out at like the downtown market kitchen? Is that where we you started first? out? Well, first recipe testing in my own kitchen. And then once I had a recipe that I liked, we, um, I had a girl helping me for the summer who, um, we used a kitchen that she had a connection to for just a few months. And then after that, we moved into the downtown market. So we still make some of our products at the downtown market just because it's it's pretty expensive to like get a new food license. Like even though I have a food license at the downtown market, if I wanted to switch to a different kitchen, I'd have to repurchase the food license. Um, and it's relatively inexpensive compared to other options for the space that I use. So we do our granola line at the downtown market and then total food package up in Spring Lake now packages all of our um, flour into the one pound bags. And we have a cake mix and a pancake mix and they mix and package that for us, which those are our main sellers anyways. So it's been really nice to have somebody else produce and package that for us. And do you sell um, your product? I know you've done some at farmer's market, but what, what's like the percentage? Is it most of it online or what's? Yeah, it's mostly, uh, so a lot of it's wholesale, but I get a lot of the wholesale orders through online. So I kind of count them as online orders. Mm -hmm. We're in small boutique stores, like all over. I think there's like 30 um, small ones that were in nationwide. And then um, several local ones. And then we sell through Gordon Food Service. So uh, like, there's like a, another maybe 20, 30 stores that order through Gordon Food Service. Um, and then we sell it on our website and Amazon. So what would you say are like maybe some of the biggest challenges that you faced or like a challenging moment where you like had to be like, okay, how do I solve this? And mm -hmm go move forward yeah one of my biggest issues right off the bat was my supply of the tiger nut um mm. the only like when you do it back in 2016-17 at least when you did a search for wholesale bulk tiger nut flour not a lot came up so i there was pretty much just one company back then called organic gemini who sold Tiger Nut products and they had a, like, they had some granola, they had um, a horchata, they had flour, they had like a cookie something. I don't know. They had quite a few products um, and they'd been around for a couple of years. So obviously they were one of my main competitors. So I didn't want to reach out to them for wholesale because like that didn't make sense. So then I reached out to this company in Spain and I was bummed because then they connected me back to Organic Gemini because Organic Gemini had an exclusive trade agreement with the company in Spain. So the only way I could get the Tiger Nut flour bulk wholesale at that time was through Organic Gemini. Um, so I was actually, <clears throat> I think it was in like end of 2017, I was at an entrepreneurship event and I met uh, my now business partner, Austin, and I was asked, telling him about, you know, well, I was had some of my products with me. He's like, oh, I grew up eating the tiger nut. And I was like, oh, that's so, 
you know, interesting and surprising. Like it's rare that I meet people who know what it is and have grown up eating it. So then I was telling him about my supply chain issue and he grew up in Ghana, West Africa. So he's like, Oh, I'm actually going to Africa next week to visit my family. I'll see if I can find you a farmer. And I was like, okay. Like I just didn't think anything would come of it because like I had just met him, you know, like what were the chances that that would actually go somewhere? Right. Then he brought the sample of tiger nut flour back and it was super fine compared to the flour that I was getting and it tasted a lot better. So I was told him like multiple times, like this flour is amazing. Like how do I get more of it? And so we just started having conversations about, you know, the tiger nut flower and he was learning more about Spera. And then um, one day he's just like, what if we start an import company together and then we can import the tiger nut flower bulk and sell it to companies like Spera Foods and other companies that were popping up. And there's like a ton now of companies who use tiger nut flower in their products or they have a whole company that revolves around the tiger nut itself. So that's what we did. So that was like a big issue that was solved in a big way that I'm still kind of amazed that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever imagine you would be importing things from no, Africa? No, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, it's crazy. what do you think um, is next for Sparrow? Do you have any like kind of short-term goals of where you're headed or is it kind of stay the course where you're at or what? Yeah, I mean, our big goal would be to um, like get a huge um, or not a huge, get some sort of partnership with a larger store like Whole Foods or a big distributor um, who would distribute to stores like Whole Foods. and just to keep growing the brand. So there's not like any, like those are big things, but it's it's hard to say like when that could happen or if that'll happen just because the way that food stores stock their shelves is so interesting and unique. And like they only review like different categories in their grocery store like once or twice a year. So let's say I, I reached out to stores and they're like, oh, you're a week late. Like we already reviewed that category. Try again next year. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's so interesting. Like the food, it's so, it's very, very interesting. So you've had that happen a couple of times where oh, like yeah. just the timing wasn't right. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. And I guess just like a final question would be, what type of advice do you have for, you know, um, people that might be interested in starting their own business and, uh, you know, any type of like, uh, yeah, general advice on that? Yeah. Um, I think I have, I have friends and peers who I think romanticize the idea of owning your own business. And I think a caution I would have is like, go into it knowing that it is going to be a lot of work and it is going to be really challenging. So like be ready to work really hard and put in a lot of hours and yes, you're going to have a little bit more flexibility here and there because you do 
you know, you're, you are your own boss, but being your own boss is also really hard because sometimes you want to do things that are fun instead of do the work, but then the work doesn't get done. And so it's just going ready to like mentally grind, um, and be hard, be hard and be easy on yourself because being your own boss is not always easy. (laughs) And sometimes you need to like, be like, Hannah, get it together. You need to work harder or, whoa, like slow down. You like go to sleep thinking about these things and you wake up thinking about them and now you're stressed and that's not healthy either. So. Thank you for listening to The Gonzier Show. Make sure you subscribe so you can listen to all our amazing episodes. See you next time.